0: Hello and welcome to Strong Habits, the accidentally feminist fitness podcast on all things training, nutrition and mindset. I'm your host, Penny Vavridis, and this is episode 43. This is a really great episode, talking to somebody whom I have known for over 20 years. This is actually the first interview I've done with someone who I know in real life, and I must say... I think it makes it flow a lot better. <laughs> but I guess you are gonna have to find out for yourself. Let me know what you think. This week, I'm speaking to Zurika Bowie, co-founder of Girls Who Kick, an organization bringing women in ITF Taekwondo together. She's been a Taekwondo student of Master Nick Simon since 1997, achieving her black belt in 2002 and her fifth Dan in 2018. She's also a European silver medalist, full-time English teacher, qualified car mechanic, and is completing a research PhD this year. For those of you who don't know, I too used to be a student of Master Nick Simons once upon a time. He wasn't a master though yet. I achieved my second dam before giving up to the allure of university life. I absolutely loved doing taekwondo. I went twice a week with my dad for almost 10 years. I am grateful to have had that activity with him as by the time I finished uni I'd already started to lose him to dementia. Watching my dad disappear was one of the main motivators for me to start trying to take better care of my health and ultimately led me to where I am today, a strength and nutrition coach with this Feminist Fitness Podcast. I don't think my dad meant to raise a feminist. He was quite a traditional Cypriot man in his ideas of what men and women should be, which, obviously, I have completely trashed. But, also, he taught me how to fight and not take shit from anybody, so I guess he can take some credit for the feminism too. Not that I've been in a real fight since I started doing taekwondo. That was a real cure for the fighting. Anyway, I will stop the little trip down memory lane and let you listen to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Zed. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you today?
1: I'm really well, thank you, Penny. It's lovely to be here. And thank you so much for asking me. It's brilliant. Yay. I'm
0: really glad that you're here. So for the people at home listening, uh, Zed and I go way back. I first met Zed on my 10th birthday in a taekwondo club in Southgate. It was my first ever class. My dad had taken me with him, mostly because I was getting really upset that he was about to go out and do something without me on my birthday. And that turned out to be the best birthday present ever. Zed was a blue belt at the time, and I was the only kid in the class. And I was a little bit in love with you, which I don't think (laughs) I've ever told you before. Sorry. And... You may have been the coolest adult I'd ever met in my whole entire 10 years of life. So,
1: that is the most wonderful thing to hear. I love you. (laughs) Um, You know what? When you said you were 10, I was just thinking to myself, that makes me feel incredibly old, but also incredibly lucky that we're still friends now because coming to a Taekwondo club, you know, people come and go. And that's the nature of martial arts sometimes. You know, people start up and then they leave and they start up and then they leave. But here we are now. (laughs) we are still friends and I can't believe you were 10 I was thinking back and I was thinking I wonder how old Penny was when she first met me and I thought you're about 12 but 10 well happy birthday to the little 10 year old Penny who came training
0: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you very much um yeah so I was one of the people who started and left I got my second dan, and then I went to university and I tried to do both but the draw of like alcohol and women was a bit too much and I stopped so there we go but
1: you're still training how long have you been training for now so what I was thinking about that and I think well 23 years is um this year because I started in 1997 which is a lifetime ago um but I think my the fact that I've lasted that long is only because I started after I'd been a student and after all of that stuff and I think had I started when I was a teenager or a kid I totally agree I would have gone off and done my own thing I might have come back I might not but I started when I was 26 and I think that is the key so starting something when and okay yeah I was still going out I was still having fun I was still well, back then um but definitely the, the the education was almost done the the fact that I'd been out and about as a as a teenager and an early 20s something, I found myself sitting on a sofa with a friend of mine, um, thinking we love martial arts films. Maybe we should get off the sofa and actually go and do some martial arts of our own. And it was only at 26 that I thought I'm not doing any exercise, other than dancing or night in clubs, which you know is, is one thing, one way of keeping fit, I suppose. Um, and I'm certainly not involved in any sport, and I used to be quite sporty at school. Um, so starting then I think at 26 is different because then you've got your I mean unless you move away or you have kids or whatever essentially i would sort of started um, a process then that became a habit and I realized that I loved the teacher I was with Nick Simons who I'm still with who you came and trained with in Southgate and he carried on teaching and I carried on being his student Um, and I've always made sure that I've gone to his classes and it doesn't mean to say that I've I've you know, I have I have been on holiday, I've gone traveling, I've done that stuff, but I've always come back again.
0: That's so nice. Um, it's funny that you say 26. So that was probably about the age I was when I started doing stuff again, because I'd realized how much weight I gained from stopping Taekwondo and going to university and then becoming a journalist where everyone is giving you free food and beer all of the time. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was lovely, but also not that great for my health. And then that was also the time when my dad got quite bad with his dementia. And I think seeing my dad's ill health was like, oh, you should probably actually take better care of yourself just in case it makes a difference for later. And you're right, starting something at 26 has made it much easier. Well, I guess I'm only like, five years into it and I did taekwondo for 10. So maybe this isn't true. I guess we'll find out later. But it feels <laughs> like it's much easier to establish into real life things because I'm a real life person now with like work and tasks to like train
1: around. Yeah. And I think there is something about hitting your mid-20s when you think to yourself, okay, um I'm young, but I'm an adult and I'm doing my own thing and I've got my own life and I'm not in education anymore. But I also, I'm aware that I'm, I'm not 18 anymore. And even at that point, I thought to myself, I need to do this to get fit. I need to do this because I need something that's gonna keep my body active other than just going out and dancing on my ass. I mean, that was a big deal for me. That was, I was a child of the eighties, you know, it's like, raving was a big deal. Um, but then you realize at that age, you think, well, okay, I might be in my 20s now, but soon I'm going to be in my 30s. And I, you're absolutely right. I wanted to start off a habit. And I don't think I consciously thought that at the time. I think at the time, I just thought, no, I want to do something. I don't like going to gyms. I, I never have. I just, I, I, it's not the way I like to, to work out. But I do like being with people and I do like learning. Um, and I do like challenging myself and i think it was it was that as well as the bruce lee films but, <laughs> but there there is something that clicks in your brain in your mid 20s i think well it did with me and it sounds like it did with you as well for sort of slightly different reasons but important reasons where you suddenly see your life ahead rather than your life in the present and i mean i i'm not I'm not saying that I had some kind of vision that I would want to be doing this forever and ever. But I do remember going into my first class and thinking, this is for me. And in a funny sort of way thinking, yeah, I found my, I found my spot. This is my, these are my people. I want to do this. What was your first class like? God. So we had a bit of a struggle finding the first class. So my friend that I, that, um, he and I, I said, OK, if I find a martial arts class near where I live, he would travel to me he said if he found one where he lived to I would travel to him and he lived in Southgate hence we landed up in the club in Southgate but for three weeks on a Friday evening we would drive to find this club and because it was on an industrial estate as you probably remember it was really tricky to find and for three weeks we failed so on the fourth week there we were in our jogging bottoms and our t-shirts going we're going to find this club and eventually we did find it and I remember walking in quite a small hall with a mirrored sides, up some stairs. And I remember seeing these, these people in these white martial arts suits lined up with different colored belts. And I remember seeing there was a woman in the top right-hand corner, which was obviously the, you know, the senior student's spot. There she was, blonde and gorgeous with her black belt around her waist. And she looked like she was about my age. And I was sort of slightly in love, but also slightly in awe thinking, and also really jealous, thinking, okay, I'm at the back of the class. I want to be in that spot. She looks so cool. <laughs> I have this moment of, of I, I need to I need to work. The way you line up in class is obviously sort of seniority. So when you are walking in in your tracksuit, you are at the back of the class, and you've got to try and keep up with everyone, and you've got to try and see what's going on at the front. And I remember thinking, if I worked really hard, If I really concentrate and I work as hard as I can, I'm going to get, work my way to the front. And that's the strangest thing because that excitement that I felt in that first ever class, it hasn't left me. It hasn't gone. It's still there. I mean, you can probably tell the way I talk about it. It's like, it was, it was this epiphany, this like, here's something that I can really throw myself into. And I've always been quite active anyway. And I've always loved the idea of, I mean, I'm quite, this is going to sound a bit odd, but I used to love doing ballet because of the balance and the strength that that took. But anyway, I didn't, didn't do ballet into my teens. But suddenly I was seeing something that needed the same sort of core strength and the same sort of balance, but also doing something exciting like kicking and punching. That just it just all seemed to just come to this point of, I'm at this class, I'm at the back, I want to be at the front. And, yeah, that first class, I remember it
0: well. I love that. I, I remember the first time I got to stand in the top right corner <laughs> of the class feeling really proud and feeling like I had really achieved something that was wonderful. And, yeah, it was, like, years and years of very, very consistent practice and some sulking, but mostly hard work.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember sulking. I think just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean time okay, for gradings is hard work you know learning all that stuff having to be at your at your best when you're in front of your grading instructor and you're thinking okay this is it <laughs> is it all going to come together or not I mean it's and I tell you what you get older it doesn't get easier it gets harder <laughs> and that is the harshest thing about this this sport <laughs> it's it's, it, it's not kind <laughs> So for
0: the people listening who may or may not know what Taekwondo is, or maybe they've only ever seen it at the Olympics, do you want to give everyone uh, a quick background, I guess, or... Yeah, yeah,
1: so um, tai is the foot and Kwon is the, the, the fist. And it's essentially the art of the hand and the fist. It's the, sorry, the art of the hand and the foot. It's the art of kicking and punching, essentially. Um, and the wonderful thing about Taekwondo is it's got lots of parts to it. So yes, you've got the sparring part, which people immediately would think of Jade Jones winning her gold medals in the in the 2012 Olympics um, in London, which I which I was there, I saw it, it was fantastic. And I think the sparring is the thing that people see and that they imagine. There are different types of taekwondo type though, and the type that we did, you did, and I and I do, is the type that we don't wear body armor. So we fight without, we fight with hand pads and foot pads and mouth guards and head guards but not arm around our body which the um the olympics type does so there's sparring but there's also the sets of patterns which in karate would be called kata which is when you learn sets of offensive and defensive movements and you perform them in either in front of people so i was in the england team for a while and that was my speciality was doing patterns that i won a european silver medal for which i'm very proud of Um, So there's the patterns, there's the sparring, there's also power, which is just really good fun. So that's when you have boards that you have to break by punching them or kicking them or what have you, or using your elbow, using your knife hand. So power is all part of it as well. There's also self-defense, which is a whole other side of it, which is part of it being a martial artist, obviously. You know, the serious side of this stuff that we do is, well, If you were in a situation where you had to defend yourself, would you be able to? And so in a grading, part of it's sparring, part of it's patterns, part of it's power breaking if you get to a certain level in your black belt and your certain age, and part of it is self-defense. So you have to prove that if you had an opponent attacking you, you would be able to put that opponent down and you'd be able to get out of the situation. Um, Now, all of those things together combined, I think, give you a sense of your abilities as a human being to be able to I don't know do certain things in certain situations however it's a mindset as well um I'm very lucky I'm touching wood right now you know I've never been in a situation where I've had to use my taekwondo and I hope to this you know to the end of my days I never will be and who knows you might get into a situation and your brain might freeze your body might freeze you don't know what you're going to do I've done quite a few self-defense classes over the years since being a black belt, and mostly with teenage girls. And the first thing, it's, it's a mindset. And I think one thing with Taekwondo that people don't necessarily see from the outside is the fact that it does give you a particular mindset. It doesn't make you a fighter. That is, that is, that is the thing with martial arts that makes me really cross. People go, oh, yeah, you just want to be hard. just want to walk around and you're just looking for a fight. It's like, no, <laughs> that's the last thing you're doing. But it gives you a mindset of being aware. It's an awareness. So I think doing 23 years of Taekwondo, it's made me just think about being in certain situations and keeping safe rather than being in certain situations and thinking, yeah, all right, come on then, if you think you're hard. You know, it's not that. So, So Taekwondo is all of those things that we do in the Dojang or in the training hall, but also it's a philosophy. It's a state of mind. It's not some kind of, I don't know, pokey pokey philosophy of all, you know, you need to do certain things in order to be a great black belt. No, it's not. It's just you've got to be sensible and you've got to be aware of other people and you've got to be aware of yourself. So there we go, taekwondo.
0: <laughs> I I'm glad you brought the philosophy and the mindset of taekwondo up. When I started doing stuff again after my hiatus of being a young person, um, mm-hmm. I went and joined a kickboxing class and the vibe is very different in kickboxing than it is in taekwondo like in taekwondo the goal was never to hurt each other it was very respectful and like you might still hurt each other but that wasn't your intention whereas in kickboxing the goal was definitely to hurt each other and it was really interesting because there were kids classes that were on before the adult classes and the kids weren't learning respect the way we learnt respect, they were, like, beating each other up. And I just think, had I done kickboxing instead of taekwondo when I was little, I think I would have been a really different person as a grown-up, because I was kind of mean when I was a kid. Like, I was always beating the other kids up when I was in primary school, and that stopped almost immediately when I started taekwondo, I think because I learned to respect other people and discipline and self-control and indomitable (laughs)
1: spirit... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because the tenets of Taekwondo are, I mean, mean, I'm I'm a school teacher and I will these things out all the time. So courtesy is the first one. And you just think, how important is that? If you're going to learn a martial art, you have to be courteous to those around you, those you're learning from, those who are learning from you, those you're fighting, those you're training with courtesy in life in general you know we need more of it I think what a great tenet to have as your first one and I think the second one is integrity and if you're not doing things from a good place and from a good heart you know what is the point and I think integrity again it's that idea of if I am going to be sparring with someone I want to do my best obviously but as you say with the the idea of kickboxing versus taekwondo taekwondo it's a it's a semi-contact sparring sport you know you are not not it's not boxing it's not mma you know not you're not trying to sort of pull chunks out of each other and that's the beautiful thing about it is it's a point scoring sport um and of course there is as I said there's a self-defense side which is where it gets serious so that you learn how to defend yourself but but it's not the self-defense is not happening in the ring you're not trying to beat each other to a pulp while you're actually sparring it's it's about reflex, speed, um, having that mindset of being able to go in and find the spot where you're gonna score a point rather than just land up with a load of bruises. And I think the the third tenet, perseverance. So there are all these things, as you say, and indomitable spirit, of course, which I love, um, but there are these things that are part of it that actually make you turn up to class and think, okay, if there's someone messing around in class, as a senior student now, I would just say, look, enough stop it if someone you you have to bow as you come into the room obviously you have to call your instructor sir or miss but then there are different levels of that it's not just deference for deference sake it's not just oh you're a certain level so i have to be deferential to you i have to respect you you respect people in your class because they deserve it not because you just have to give it i think that's the other thing it there is and I don't know about other martial arts. This is the thing, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I find one thing I love and I stick at it. So maybe I should have branched out and tried other things like you, but on the other hand, I think, oh God, no. <laughs> so I don't want to turn up at another class as a Taekwondoist. Um, but there is something that works well that means that you can go and train safely. You can trust the people you're training with because you do respect each other. And okay, say you have a moment, say, you have a fight where everything goes wrong and you want to just stalk off. I guarantee that Nick, our our teacher would come after you and just go, okay, come on, what was all that about? Let's get you back in the room. Let's get you talking to that person that you just thought whacked you for no reason or whatever. And you know, there was this, this really healthy sense of competition, but also healthy respect for each other. And if someone turned up at the club who had different ideas they wouldn't last. And I've seen this over the years. I've seen people come and try and prove themselves or, you know, turn up, have a look at what was going on and then pick on someone that they think they could, they could beat up in class. You know, they would be out the door because that is not what it's about. And as you say, that idea of being respectful of the people that you're training with comes from the respect that you generate within that class that comes from the teacher. So, yeah, maybe I'm
0: quite lucky being a Taekwondoist, aren't I? Yeah. Taekwondo is a wonderful thing, I think, especially as something to do as a child, like even though it meant that I'm not doing it now. Like Carly's still doing it, and I don't don't think – I think she was maybe my age, but just a bit later, she started as a teenager. Yes. So it is possible. It was just me. (laughs) But, like, I think as a child, it's a wonderful thing – to do because you learn really important things when it comes to like your interaction with others which you don't necessarily learn doing other sports
1: yeah and you know that's that's really interesting as well because um again as a teacher um a lot of kids with adhd um so attention deficit is one of those things which taekwondo is really good for simply because of the way that classes are structured the way that there is that there's a discipline that is sort of innate within the class there's a respect sort of structure within the class there are certain exercises that you do all together there are certain things you have to learn when you learn your patterns what have you there's a real structure of how you move through the belts um and lots of people have done research on this and it's it's really good for kids with attention deficit disorders and there's just it's because i think not only the stuff that we do when we're training and it's a lot of fun of course obviously and it's it's you know really active obviously but also there's that there's the sort of the the side of things where you have to adhere to certain rules and everyone does, and you're expected to do certain things that make it quite easy to just slip into that and fit in and be able to know when you're stepping out of line and when you're in line. And also there's a lot of praise involved as well. And that's really important. You know, you do something well, you teach waltz around going, oh, that was really good, nice kick, or just change that a little bit and do it again, nice. There's, there's a, it's a really positive atmosphere. The other thing you mentioned, you just mentioned Carly, and I think, yeah, she was a little bit older than you, but she carried on training, but she, she left to go to university. She left to do other things and she did come back. Um, and she and I now work really closely on, um, I think of Girls Who Kick, which is a new, well, we started a year ago. So March, 2019, we created this, I'm, we, we co-founded this uh almost like sort of a club within a club, it's an organization for women in martial arts, but specifically women in Taekwondo, because we realized that there wasn't actually a place where women could train together. And we wanted to set up this organization whereby Carly and I would have a group of ambassadors of senior women in Taekwondo, who would bring different teaching specialities to each session and would try and work our way around the country and go to different clubs, and just invite women and girls to come along, and you don't have to be doing Taekwondo in order to come. you can be i don't know the mother of someone who does Taekwondo, you can be the daughter of someone who does Taekwondo, you can be the grandma, the auntie, the best friend it doesn't really matter. We just wanted women to come and have a space to train in and just have a bit of fun together and This thing kicked off a year ago, as I said, and it is fantastic we have we had four sessions. All around the country last year, we have got one booked in for October, which we have got our fingers crossed that we'll be able to do. We'll, we'll see whether that's going to happen or not. That's going to be in Kent. And we did a few few sessions over Zoom as well in lockdown. So Carly is now, you know, I mean, she is a force to be reckoned with. She's a fifth band, as as am I, and she's also the first woman to be on the board of directors for ITF England, which is. Our, our sort of national affiliation, our national um, association. I mean, she's amazing. She's That's absolutely incredible. That's so cool. Oh, and also, of course, she's an international medalist because she, she she was a junior um in the junior Taekwondo England team and she's also been a senior in the team as well. So she's done a little bit of everything. So, you know, I, I bow down to Carly. <laughs> she's, you know, her Taekwondo really has gone leaps and bounds. But also, she's done amazing things for women in Taekwondo. So, yes, but girls who kick, that, that is something I'm really proud to be part of.
0: Has there been a lot of women getting involved with it?
1: Yeah, I mean, my God, I didn't know how many women were Taekwondoists, And I know that's going to sound a bit weird because, you know, I do, I go to um, IIC. So that's International Instructors Courses, which is a black belt you have to go to. Um, there have been a couple of them in England. The last one was in Manchester a couple of years ago. And, you know, you've got 350 black belts coming from all over the country and from abroad. I remember standing in that hall in Manchester University in their sports centre there, and you've got 350 people lined up, and you've got two rows in front of you of masters, so 7th dan Um, You've got 8th dan, ninth-dams who are grandmasters at the front leading the sessions. And I looked around, and, you know, there were quite a few women there, but not in the first two rows it was all men and Carly and I were in the third row because we were fifth downs we have just got our fifth downs then and the two of us looked at each other and we were like this is not good this is this this is exactly what we need to be doing something about and it's like well how do you do something about this well you you keep training and you keep grading obviously but also you've got to encourage more women to get involved and in different ways, it's all very well, you go to your club, you train with your club, that's lovely, and that's how that's how things work. But we wanted something else to keep women training and to, and for, for women to have their own thing. And it's like, I know some of the men in Taekwondo have said, I don't know about that, that's not fair, why can't boys have that? And it's like, it's a boys club anyway. It, it already is. But what we want is for more women to then think, oh, right, I've now got this group, the taekwondoists that I know. So if I did sign up to go to a big IIC or if I did sign up to go to a competition or I did sign up to go to a seminar, there'd be likely that there'd be a woman there who I've trained with at a girls who kick session. So it's just that idea of saying, look, come to these things. I know it can be be a little bit stressful sometimes when you turn up to a big group of taekwondoists who all seem to know each other and you turn up from your little club sort of somewhere in I don't know the midlands and you think oh I don't know look at all these people it's like you might be able to then see a couple of women that you recognise from girls who kick and all of a sudden we've got our own our own people there as well I'm not trying to make a distinction between the genders here with Taekwondo but it's it's sort of hard not to when Carly and I were at that IIC and all we could see were men in front of us it's like, we need to start seeing some women in the top positions. Anyway, so Carly now is on the board of directors, which is brilliant. So. Yeah,
0: that's incredible. And I'm really happy that this is something that you're doing because it is really important. And men are always going to complain if women are making things for themselves because they don't understand why it's necessary. But that's because the whole world is for them. So whatever. But the, the seminar seemed like a really good idea, especially because I think... People generally are more likely to stay if they feel more embedded in a community. So having something where women can know that there are other women who are in a similar position, even if they're the only women in their specific club, it makes it easier to stay, I think, for longer.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because when you when you see all the people who have been signing up for the Girls Who Kick seminars... Our first one back in March 2019, we had 30. Our second one, I think we doubled that already. And you know, we've we've 60 women and girls coming along to train together of all belts from no Taekwondo experience at all up to current European champions in sparring. We're like, okay, we we can manage this. We can do everything for everyone. But it's the younger ones, it's the kids who are coming along who are absolutely, I, I love them. You know, they turn up and they, they come and train with us and they're all levels as well. And when you've got sort of, well, the youngest is, is five and six years old. That's the sort of, the, that's where we go to because I think most clubs, they start at that sort of age when the children's classes, um, I think, you know, any younger and, and you can't really manage it, but five and six year olds, we can just about manage them. And the lovely thing is, is that some of these kids have been coming to each of the seminars. So there's one little girl called Alex who I've seen at every single seminar. And she's probably about nine. And her parents bring her to each one. And it is brilliant seeing her because now it makes me think, okay, she's going to remember that as she gets older and she keeps training. And it might be just something that keeps her going to her club. Or even if she stops going, she might then come back and say, oh, I remember those girls who kick sessions. I remember that that training that we had with all those women. And all of a sudden, she can see role models who, you know, at what point is a club ever going to have uh, people who are on the, the national women's team or people who have been breaking world records for power breaking, um, like the wonderful Lisa Pittman, you know, master Lisa Pittman. You can't, you're not going to have that in your normal week-to-week club, situation so it's really nice to bring these people together and say okay like right, this session we've got two people in the senior team we've got a master the first female master in in england at the moment and we've got um, a whole load of people who can who can help you to get your taekwondo to where you want it to be so there's an awful lot of experience and at the end of each session we have a q a where we all sit down with the sweatshirts and the water bottles and we sit around and we just chat about what we've done in Taekwondo and and we get people to ask us questions. And it just breaks down that barrier that maybe in a class situation or in a competition or some more formal situation, someone who's a yellow belt might not even want to approach a black belt to say, oh, how did you get to that? You know, what did you do? How did you become sort of what you are in Taekwondo? So it's an idea of breaking down barriers. And also we have a very informal policy where I am Zed. I'm not Miss Bowie. (laughs) you know we don't we we bow at the beginning just to just because people feel happy when they come into a training hall and and you line up and you bow because that's what they are used to and after that that is it it's like right from now on it's Carly and Zed it's not Miss Wilson and Miss Bowie and again that breaks it down as well because it can be a little bit formal otherwise
0: how do you think being a woman in taekwondo has changed over the last 23
1: years it's changed a lot again I think it's because there are more of us and we are more visible. (laughs) I think that's, that is a huge thing. Taekwondo itself is, is one of those martial arts where everyone in the the, the upper echelons, they're male, you know, and then you go to a class and you'll see, okay, well, how many, how many people in each class are female? There's one question that I ask at Girls Who Kick when we started the sessions, the, the, the q a because i'm always the one who used to bleeds it and i say hands up if you've got a class where there are more girls training than boys and you get a few hands that go up which is nice and i say hands up how many of you got a female instructor and again a few hands go up and i can guarantee that sort of 20 years ago when i started there well i knew of one female instructor who was actually my our instructors instructor Esther Narditzi. Which is which is brilliant. It's like no wonder I stuck with Nick because his original instructor was a woman. It's like, well, there we go. That makes total sense. That's why he is as he is as an instructor. Well, that's that's my <laughs> that's my, anyway. But there were very few. And there's you know, there was one famous female taekwondoist who was Scottish and she sadly passed away since, Grandmaster Sutherland. And Sheena Sutherland was the person who was in charge of my first Dan black belt grading. And I took my black belt and she passed me. And I remember thinking, wow, there's a female master. This is, th- I mean, it was it was unbelievable, but she was the only one. And I think now we've got to a point where yes, we've got Lisa and I know there's a female master in Germany. I think now it is more visible. And I think there are many more women coming up through the ranks and, I know that they're certainly seeing girls who kick. It's like, we can now have a room full of black belt women. If we if we asked for a black belt session, we'd get one and it would be oversubscribed. And I think that in itself is a really important, I don't know, marker, milestone, that when I turned up at my first lesson, yes, there was a woman in the top position, but there weren't that many women in the class. So I think, yeah, I think it is it is better than it was. Changing
0: direction slightly what do you think you get out of
1: taekwondo that you take into your real life okay well apart from the tenets which do matter you know i do i do think about these things and i do i'm not saying taekwondo is my religion but it's certainly it's a it's a pathway and if the tenets of taekwondo are something to live by they're good things to live by but mostly i think i take from it the idea that you can start something and there will always be something else to learn you know at no point will i get to that day when i say yep i've done it i've got it (laughs) i know everything there is to know about taekwondo i'm i'm there i can do everything i've mastered it all it's like no the beautiful thing about getting your black belt as you will know is you get that belt and that itself is a marker But it's the beginning. That is the beginning. You know, at that point, you think, OK, I've made it. And if you think you've made it at that point, then you might as well just stop because you've not learned anything. But you get that black belt and you think, OK, from now on, the learning really begins. I'm now at a stage where I can start training properly. And it's given me that sense of myself that not only will I never think I know it all, I will actually think, no, if I've started learning something, I'm only ever at the beginning of my knowledge, but there's always more to learn and there are always people I can learn from. But also it's made me think, well, I do have self-discipline. I always used to think I didn't. I used to think I was the least disciplined person and most taken by spontaneity and just doing my own thing when I felt like it. I would do what I wanted when I wanted. And this has taught me that actually, no, I, I do have... An ability to stick at something and an ability to get through something that's difficult. Because as I said earlier, you know, gradings don't get any easier. I'm 48 years old, and I'm expected to do things that a teenage boy can do really well, like second damn pattern, shape Oh my god, you know. There there is kicks in that that I've never quite mastered. But I know for my next grading as a sixth damn. <laughs> I have a feeling that Nick will say to me "Hmm, and I'll just have to do it. I'll just have to do it. So there are, you know, there's that Taekwondo brings this idea of challenge that makes me think that, you know, don't ever rest on your laurels. There's more to learn. And, and you have to keep practicing. And there are some things that I'll never be able to do, but so long as I'm making sure that I'm trying my hardest and I'm putting all that I can into it, then that will be noticed. You know, Nick will see that. Nick will see that. Okay, I can't quite jump as high as I used to be able to, but I'm doing my best. Or maybe my psychic isn't quite as powerful as it was, but I'm doing my best. Um, I'm not saying that I'm I'm giving up yet, but <laughs> you know, you know, our bodies do work against the in taekwondo. But on the other hand, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself now because actually, as a woman, when I was in the the England team. I remember watching the the female fighters and I remember thinking the male fighters are all seemingly at their peak when they're sort of 18, 19. You look at the women in the ring, they are all in their mid to late 20s when they're at their peak because they are stronger and they have just a, a better sense of themselves. It's like there's something about aging and doing taekwondo as a woman where actually I'm I think the power that's built up in me over the years of doing taekwondo is a lot greater than I think it is. And it's quite interesting when I do do breaking and things like that, when I'm breaking boards with kicks and punches, and I just go through them. It's like it's, like And I know it's part of it is a mindset, but also because I've been doing it for so long, I don't realise the strength I have from training my body to be able to do this and also training my body to be able to do it without hurting myself. And, you know, you sort of forget how far you've come. So, yes, there's, there is the challenge of the body working against you. But actually, I think my body is working for me as well. I just maybe don't give it the respect it's due sometimes.
0: <laughs> do you do any other strength and conditioning stuff outside of Taekwondo to support your Taekwondo practice?
1: Mm, yeah. So Pilates is my friend. <laughs> um, I started doing Pilates seven years ago. And I found I, I rolled up to the first class thinking this will be easy it's mostly on a mat and it's mostly these sort of what look like relatively small exercises it's like god no this is hard work this is this is poor strength that I know I've got somewhere but I've got to work harder on so I've been doing that for seven years um I do quite a lot of yoga as well and over the years I mean even before I did taekwondo I used to love yoga classes um so yoga has always been part of it it's not something that I've necessarily done consistently And as I say, Pilates, I only just found in my 40s. So that's something that is, certainly has helped me an enormous amount. Uh, But also every morning I have um, an exercise routine that takes me 20 minutes every morning, that I do without fail. And I've been doing that for probably about, well, 15, 18 years. And that's something that just started up I would do five minutes a day and I just did a hundred sit-ups and that was my, that was the start of it. But now it's turned into sit-ups, it's stretches, it's, it's strengthening, it's balance. It's a whole load of stuff that I've sort of built in. So, so actually, yes, every morning, my morning routine, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be ready for the day. would you mean? It means getting up early, but you know, you can do it in your pajamas in your front room. It's fine. <laughs> I am very impressed that you have been doing
0: your morning routine every day for, did you say 15 years? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's
0: very cool. Well done. I'm very (laughs) impressed. And I like that you started with like an achievable thing and then it built out because that's the best way to build habits. I think sometimes people overwhelm themselves with too big a goal too soon.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I started off; it wasn't 100 sit-ups when I started. I tell you that it was. A, I probably started with 50. I thought I can just do. You know, I just need to do something each morning. It was to get rid of my tummy, which has never gone, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many sit-ups you do. You know, there are more more sensible things to do for getting rid of your tummy. But it was it was one of those one of those things where I thought I need to do something by myself in the morning because going to a class once a week or whatever is not enough. And then I don't know, it sort of, it grew little by little because I've always been someone who I I was that person at the beginning where I would say, right, I'm going to do this or do that. And I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to throw myself into something. And that has never worked ever. So this, as you say, is built up little by little. And I've added to it over the years with different things that I found um, my body needs. So there are certain stretches that we do in Pilates, that we also do in Taekwondo, that I I now do in the mornings just because it gets me energised and it gets me my body working. Because as a teacher, okay, most of the time I'm running around. <laughs> not For the last few months, obviously, um, but I'm running around sort of up and down stairs in and out of class. I very rarely sit down. But when I do find myself sitting down to to do things, it's like I do, I seize up and my back gets sore, but that early morning exercise routine, it has helped me so much over the years. And I actually, it's funny because I look back now and I think, God, if I hadn't done that for so long, I wonder what my body, what state I'd be in now. And I know that it's, you know, hindsight is a great thing, but I think foresight is even better, because I think to myself blindly, if I hadn't started doing this, I, I wonder even if taekwondo would be a possibility. So maybe the two things have worked together. And also, I know I said I don't like going to the gym, but I do actually quite like working out by myself. So so doing my little morning exercise routine. I think it's vanity, actually. I've I've been thinking about this over the last few years, and I think that when I turn up to Taekwondo classes now as an older lady, um, I do think um, I wanna keep up with everyone, and I want to finish first with the press-ups or with whatever exercises we're doing to warm up. And I think if I don't keep myself at a certain level of fitness, I'm going to get into that class and I'm going to be beaten by teenage boys and that just can't happen. Pride. I I mean,
0: I feel like that is a perfectly valid reason for doing anything, (laughs) not to let a boy beat you. So I'm I'm here for that, totally. (laughs) That's actually one of the reasons that I like lifting weights so much because I'm quite small. So everyone assumes that I'm not going to be able to lift very heavy things. And then... Men freak out a little bit if I'm there with my 100-kilo bar and I'm picking it up, and then they're like, oh, I'm going to pick up a 100-kilo bar, and then they do a terrible job and they get really embarrassed and they leave. And that just brings me some
1: joy, you know? <laughs> I am with you, totally with you on that, yeah. I mean, it's not a competition, but it is a competition. <laughs> if if you can do it, I can do it better. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, I love it, Penny. You're absolutely right.
0: I, um, I remember when I was... 18 and nick had asked me to take over his class in moswell hill it was in this private school and they were all boys and the first day i walked in they were pissed off that i wasn't <laughs> nick because they were all taller than me they're all teenage boys um like 14 15 16 teenage boys very very entitled because they're in a private school and they were really annoyed that i was this tiny girl instead of like, this giant man. Um, and it took probably 20 minutes before they were willing to give me any respect. And it took me kicking the tallest one in the face. And I always laugh because I'm like, only a, only a Taekwondo teacher could get away with that. Because if I was like an English teacher and they were being disrespectful, I wouldn't be allowed to kick them.
1: <laughs> you know what, that, that reminds me of, um, I worked in a school once that was a bit, of a bit of a rough school. And it was when I was in the England team, And I remember I had this year 11 class for English and there was some right sorts in it. And there was this one boy who was, I mean, he was huge. He towered over me. I mean, I'm not big, I'm five foot three. And exactly the same thing. I thought, what on earth am I going to be able to do to deal with this kid? And he was a right mouthy so-and-so as well. I remember I'd been in a competition and I'd won a couple of gold medals. And that Monday I went in and I took my medals with me. And that kid was so lovely to me from that moment on. And you're right. It's like, okay, I didn't kick him in the face. (laughs) We weren't in our showbox, box. Um, But I was in English classroom and I was just like, look, you know, this is what I do. And it is just that moment of they have to reset their minds. They have to just do a bit of a reset and go, oh, okay, right. Now, it shouldn't be that way. It should just be that we walk in, we are their teacher. That is that, you know, (laughs) it doesn't, yeah. Life is not that simple and sometimes you have to you have to prove it by what you do and what you what you say and I agree your kick in the face was my holding up my medals. Yeah, Yeah. I mean
0: it is it is kind of ridiculous that this is what it takes to convince boys to respect girls. But it's a process and we just have to keep kicking them in the face until they listen.
1: And you know what, the more of us there are kicking them in the face (laughs) the easier it gets absolutely
0: what advice do you have for women listening to this who might want to take up a martial art but they're too scared of getting hurt or not fitting in or boys generally being dickheads good question
1: so i think my biggest advice would be go along and watch the class before you join it you will get a real sense of whether it is the atmosphere you want to be in you will. You, all you need to do, you just need to listen to how the teacher talks to the students and you need to look at how the students interact with each other. Now, okay, had I been in my 20s, I might just say, no, just turn up and just get going and just start, throw yourself in. I actually, from a point of view of my understanding of how classes work now, I've seen quite a few different Taekwondo classes over the years, just from going to other people's training halls. And not every class is the same. It might be Taekwondo, but it depends on the personality of the teacher and it depends on the personality of the class. And I honestly think that there is a class for each person, but it might not be the class you think it is. And go and watch. You'll get more understanding of of whether you'll fit in and whether you think it's the right place for you and whether you'll be comfortable and whether you feel that it's a place where you can learn and have a lot of fun. I mean, if you're not doing it, to have fun i don't know why you're doing it as well (laughs) it is just great fun kicking and punching and just being part of a class like that but understand that different teachers have different personalities and you will see if there's a sense of arrogance amongst the senior students or a sense of entitlement don't go near it if you've got if there seems to be a teacher who seems to be lording it over everyone don't go near it i you know martial arts is a terrible place for egos it is a breeding ground for especially the male ego and that is a sad thing because I mean our teacher Nick is the most delightful gorgeous lovely warm generous funny brilliant person who happens to be an amazing martial artist lucky us (laughs) Um, but there are some great teachers out there and I think you'll get a real sense of whether you've got an egotist or whether you've got someone who loves the art for the art So whatever martial art you go to, just be aware that it might look like the right one. But if there's no rapport with that teacher and students seem not to have respect for each other, forget it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really wonderful advice. And we were for sure really lucky. I mean, you're still really lucky to have Nick. I've been to a lot of different Taekwondo classes and then also lots of different martial arts classes. And the way Nick speaks to students is particularly distinct. The only other time I really liked a teacher was one kickboxing club that I went to where the instructor was a woman. And she was great. Like, she was really great. It was a very different vibe. But in one kickboxing class, the instructor actually broke my rib once. And that's... that's, I mean, okay, it was a full contact club, but also he was about 40 kilos heavier than me. So... (laughs) Um, okay. whereas training with Nick, he would always like, because he knew he was obviously much better and much longer than me, it he would like, I don't know, it would just be different. He'd be kind of annoying and just keep pushing my head away, but he'd never hurt me. He'd be like teaching me to like not moan and move faster.
1: Fourth tenor of taekwondo, self-control. It's, <laughs> it's, like, this is this is part of the point of it. And I, that's why I think, you know, self-control. If you're a martial arts martial artist without self-control you're not a martial artist you are just well I'm not going to say what you are but um I think it's that that sense of you've got to know your strength I mean only once in my 23 years of training have I've been knocked out cold and it was by a yellow belt when I was a red belt in someone else's class and he had done martial arts before he was heavier than me he was obviously very fit and he was proving a point. He kicked me in the face and knocked me out cold. And I was out for about 10 minutes. And it was, it was a really shocking moment. And I tell you what, the teacher who was teaching the class at the time, I mean, he, all credit to him, he stopped the class. And, you know, he made sure that I was all right. And it was all fine. And I was okay. Nothing was broken. I had a massive bruise on my jaw for a very long time. But in that sort of situation, that is that is, you know, that's once in 23 years. And you think to yourself, there are so many other clubs where maybe sort of injuries are something that happens on a weekly basis. And that's not the case. It shouldn't be that way. So. So, yeah, I mean, we don't go to come out with bruises.
0: I think when the ego gets involved in martial arts, that's normally where people get hurt. And there is definitely a lot of it, especially if you go to like kickboxing classes rather than more strict martial art classes. Like I'm sure if you did other strict martial art classes that are a bit more traditional, it'd be very similar to what taekwondo is like. But I was doing jujitsu and I'd always get paired with like teenage boys because they were the only people that were the same weight as me there were obviously no girls in the class but they were much taller than me and you could just see them being like oh i'm gonna try and hurt you so then i had to be like well i also have 10 years of martial arts experience anyway so you're not gonna hurt me and i'm gonna throw you on the floor and hold on to you until you stop being a dickhead and it would literally take that every time to be like stop actively trying to hurt me otherwise i am gonna hurt you can we just practice the shapes that we're trying to practice yeah
1: I mean that that you're you're so right. You shouldn't have to, as your first point of defense in the class, hit someone hard so that they understand that you don't want to be hit hard and that you can train together. You shouldn't have to prove yourself or prove your strength or prove your dominance over someone in order to train with them. And that's why in our in our class, it's like we've never had to do that. And if someone has, I don't know, over the years, if someone has um hit me too hard and I've not been happy with it you know Nick has always said well you know what the answer is you just hit them hard back so they don't do it again and luckily that hasn't had to happen very often because of the nature of the atmosphere of the class but when it does happen it's like you're like okay back off and luckily people do and they go okay but the thought of having to deal with that every single week god no I mean this is why I stopped going (laughs) it penny that is what puts people off it's like there's and i okay this is this is something that has been annoying me over the over the years as well i'm sure you know there could be some amazing kickboxing women out there listening to this going that is not what my club is like it's like well good i'm i'm glad but i think the rise of mma and the rise of the idea of uh, this cage fighting mentality of total brutalization that seems to have caught the imagination of our times because it's some kind of, I don't know, power grab by those who don't seem to care about each other in a cage. It, 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 I, I can't explain how it, sort of, it puts me off the whole idea of martial arts, because as soon as you say you do something, people are like, oh, my God, what like MMA? It's like, no, no, it's not like that. No, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to gouge people's eyes out or rip their balls off. It's not about that. It's about a sport that does a whole load of other things and is a way of life. And I don't know what it is about the modern mindset that sort of muscles equals power equals brutality. It's like, no, if you're really sensible about it, muscles might equal power, but they should equal grace and self-control and knowing when to stop and knowing when to use that power. And I think MMA is just everything that Taekwondo that isn't. I...
0: Don't know if that's a modern thing, though, the idea of muscles equals power equals brutality. I think that's just the patriarchy. Well
1: yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, who am I kidding? Of course.
0: <laughs> okay, so thank you very much for your time today. This has been wonderful. I'm going to wrap it up because I think we've been talking for quite a while. But before we go, I would like you to tell me a fun fact.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so one fun fact, I noticed you have the most gorgeous shaved head. So my fun fact is, at the age of 18, when I first went to university, I was sitting in my halls of residence in my little room, and I had really long curly hair, as I do at the moment, and um, one night, I took it upon myself to put all my hair up on top of my head and cut it off, and I gave myself a mullet, which was really, really unflattering, so I realised I had to do something about it, so um, I got my razor, I I shaved my head with a razor. <laughs> with, a, with a razor. And um, so it, I think it was like two or three weeks into term. So I just met a few people and they saw me with the Laura Ashley dress and the long curly hair. The next day I walked out in my Levi's 501s, my white t shirt, and no hair. <laughs> and, what? They didn't know who on earth I was. <laughs> so anyway, it was, it was a very happy three years of having a shaved head in various states of shaveness and um (laughs) gosh yeah I can't believe you did it with a razor that means
0: no hair no hair on your head at all
1: yeah I did look like an alien and I (laughs) loved it it was it was the age of Sinead O'Connor you know we're talking like 1990 it was it was it was uber cool at the time and I just remember thinking I've got to do something about this I've got a mullet and the only thing I could think about rather than waiting to go to a hairdresser the next day and having my hair cut it just seemed like like the obvious solution.
0: No, I love that. Well done. Um, so when I shaved my head, I shaved it myself with my clippers though, not with a razor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did a terrible job and I went the next day to train with my friend and she didn't tell me that it was terrible. And I only found out because I asked her to film me doing some overhead carries. And then I could see the back of my head. I was like, why would you not tell me that this is what I look like? So when I went home, I went to the barbers.
1: <laughs> Do you know what? i I only ever did it myself once. The next time, I had all my different friends who had, who had um, clippers. They were basically queuing up to say, can I shave your head next? Can I? Sh-? People love shaving people's heads. Yeah. I had no idea. So anyway, so I got other people to do it from then on. So yeah, from then on. <laughs> I,
0: that is a great fun fact. Thanks very much. I also cut all my hair off when I went to uni. I spent most of first year standing in the mirror over the sink just cutting my hair so it was all different very different hairs sometimes it was pink i had a pink mohawk for a really long time
1: i think i went blonde at one point i let it grow into like a little french crop and i peroxided it that was yeah but no i've never done colors never did (laughs) colors
0: i mean there's still time if you want to
1: i I have to say it's like yeah maybe maybe i should
0: (laughs) um so where can people find you or and or girls who kick if they are interested
1: so girls who kick um i think probably the easiest thing with girls who kick it's on facebook it's on instagram it's i'm pretty sure they tweet as well i'm ancient i don't do that stuff we have carly does all of that stuff um but yeah just look up girls who kick and you can find it and you can see where we're training next. There are also all sorts of things and little bits and pieces that we've put on. I think there is a Girls Who Kick website as well. I should know all this, shouldn't I? It's like, this is not the stuff I do with it, but there are different um, profiles and there are different um, pictures and little podcasts and things. So yes, look up Girls Who Kick. You can look me up, but I think Girls Who Kick is probably the best place to find me.
0: Marvellous. Thank you so much for your time. And until next time, folks, see you later. I hope you enjoyed that folks I was laughing along in all the same places just now when I listened back to it I'll leave links to girls who kick in the show notes for you so if you are a woman in ITF taekwondo and you'd like to get involved you can check it out don't forget if you would like to support the podcast you can leave a review on iTunes share the episode with your friends and family or on your socials or and this is my favorite one you can sign up for coaching with me I currently have space for three new people at the gym in Finsbury Park and five new people online. You can email me for more information at pennyvarudis at gmail.com. Have a great day, guys.